welcome back to the main stand. It's been a little bit without the boys. It's episode 16. We're right in the midst of the World Cup. Uh, match day three is coming to a close. So we, we know most of the knockouts now. Um, this is the first time we've really been together in podcast form uh, since the United States first game. Yeah. Or maybe even uh, before that. I don't know if we've done a pod since the we, first game. We did. We haven't. No, we didn't. Yeah, we we took a little, you know Thanksgiving break. We're allowed to, guys. We used our PTO, um, and now we're back at it. Uh, what a couple weeks of footy! This World Cup has had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of surprises. Josh, I see you in the kit. We know you're going to be talking about it today. Uh, I mean, the the. So I generally have a gripe with international football. I think most of us do, where it's kind of like the quality feels a little bit low. Some of it feels boring, but this World Cup has been crazy. I This has been a really, really good tournament, and it's only been you know three match days for most of the groups. There's still games to play as of time of recording, but I, I've, been, I've loved the World Cup so far. I don't know about you guys started off a bit slow i would say i think match day one was a little bit slow uh when you look at the goal scored and stuff i think the the average goal scored was skewed a little bit based on some you know early matches with spain and england kind of running up the goals um the under on like two and a half goals is hitting quite a bit which means there's just been less goals but the games have all been really close we're getting a lot of underdogs which we i think all like to see here especially at the main stand Oh, yeah. Um, Love a good underdog story. The the games have just been getting better, especially this match day three. The past couple days, um, my heart rate is just through the roof. The roof, man. Yeah. I mean. Very exciting, yes. Yeah. It's been incredible, incredible, incredible. I, I, like I said, I've really, really been enjoying this World Cup here. I mean, I think, I think order of operations for, for right now is what about what's, what's been the, the team so far for you guys, the team to watch, the team that surprised you, who've really come out of the gates and made you think like, holy shit, they are, they're a force. I mean, honestly, I'll let Mitch go. uh, Honestly, I want to say our U S our U S side has surprised me a lot. um, Especially in these last two games uh, against England and I, and Iran. Um, It's, it's been phenomenal to watch a really young the second youngest side in the world cup, if not the youngest second, um, second youngest. Um, it's just been, it's been great young leadership from Tyler Adams, this core group of guys. And then obviously uh, most recently Pulisic um, putting his balls on the line for America. Uh, it's, it's just been, it's been fun to watch a U.S. team and it feels good. They've been very mm-hmm. exciting. I think they are performing or outperforming, I think, what a lot of people are giving them credit. I would agree with that. Yeah, Josh, what about you? Uh, well, I'll add on Mitch's point. I mean, the U.S. not allowing a goal from open play, is, that's really impressive, especially considering mm-hmm. England and Iran. Uh, I mean, they sat back against Iran the last 30 minutes, so really impressive. Uh, I like that shout, Mitch. I, I think even as a neutral, U.S. have been impressive. But I got a ride with my, my Japanese boys, <laughs> uh, best kit in the World Cup, and one of the most exciting teams. I was on Japan early, I feel like. I, you know, I was really encouraging people to believe a little bit in Japan. Um, and they really killed me with that result against Costa Rica in match day two. Costa Rica had just .1 expected goals on the night and stole all three points. Um, it was tough. 
a lot of people thought Japan weren't going to qualify after that. Um, and they played the exact same game plan. You got to run the classics back. Uh, they attacked Spain the exact way they attacked Germany, pressing high, forcing turnovers high up the pitch, hitting them quick after halftime, letting them get that goal early, get a little bit comfortable. Um, and Japan has the attackers to, to kind of put you on the back foot in the second half when you're, you know, your legs are a little bit heavier. I don't know how Moriyasu, the manager, is doing this either without playing Takumi Minamino more. He obviously made the difference against Germany. He hasn't played really the last two matches. Um, he's bringing Tomiyasu off the bench. Takafusa Kubo just got, I think, his first start in the World Cup today. He's leaving some of his best players on the bench and still getting massive results against you know two of the best sides in Europe. What a team. What a country. Uh, and I, a team I can't wait to watch more in this World Cup. Mm, hell yeah. Uh, my team has been, I think it's probably, it's a team that today shocked the world. Uh, Morocco. They have been electric to watch. Uh, Hakeem Ziyech is like a brand new player. When he puts on a Morocco kit, they've been really, really, really solid at the back. You've got Hakimi, Sice back there has been really good. In the midfield, Amrabat has impressed me every single time I've watched him play. Bufal has been electric down the wing for them as well. Uh, I've been a, a really huge Morocco guy this World Cup. I'm really happy Josh sold them, sold me on them in the in the preview we did for this team. Uh, but yeah, I'm I've been super, super impressed with uh with Morocco and I I really hope that they continue going forward in this world cup and continue to, to shock some people. I think teams would be very, very, um, the word is escaping me dumb for lack of a better term to go into any game against Morocco in the knockout stage, just thinking that it's a, it's an easy win. I think Morocco have been really, really good. And they've really impressed me, especially winning that group where, you know, a couple of us said they might not get out and all of us had Belgium as clear favorites and look at that. Yeah. Six to seven clean sheets too. Uh, which is really, really impressive from their defense. They're, they're a hard draw in the next round. Um, I think they're the first African side to win their World Cup group, too. I could be wrong about that. Um, but We'll check the logistics. Get yeah. back to you guys on that one. Um, so we, we did kind of the, the dark horse, the what's been a positive surprise. Let's go around um, and give your kind of team that was a little bit underwhelming in the group stage so far. So probably a team that's played, you know, all three. Uh, who, who's been your underwhelming team of the tournament? Belgium. They looked bad. I mean, it's a toss-up between Belgium and Germany, honestly. Yeah. But, man, man, Belgium, the golden generation, right? Like, that, <laughs> the generation that's hailed as, like, the best ever in Belgian football. And it just came apart at the seams. It didn't really look like they were a cohesive unit. You can chalk it up to a number of things um but just for them to not even get out of the group is absurd honestly man um they're fucking and it's old tough. they're very old and it's really tough to sit here and be like it's all lukaku's fault but <laughs> i think overall they were really really poor um credit to morocco because i've been really high on them and this is taking nothing away from them, but Belgium were so bad in that 2-0 they lost to Morocco. Um, De Bruyne gave the ball away, I think it was 27 times in a World Cup match. Um, and, you know, again, it doesn't help that in that must-win game 
uh, uh, today against uh, wow, this is rough. Croatia, um, <laughs> you know, they're they're creating chances. They're doing all these things. They're making a lot of effort, and they looked like they were going to win that game. And then Lukaku comes off the bench to you know supposed to change the game. A guy who called himself the best striker in the world a couple months ago, and he misses four open nets. He uh, was brought in quite literally to be that guy. And he didn't show up to do his job today. He could have scored four goals. He had more XG in his cameo than Belgium had in the rest of the tournament combined. It's in it's insane, man. And to just to have that happen at that stage with the talent that's in that Belgium team is just Yeah, man. They Belgium is this golden generation of Belgium has just been FIFA rankings and vibes. They've given us no moments. They've given us absolutely nothing. Uh um, I, I guess looking back on it, it's not that surprising, but I had them winning the group, so it's a little like shocking at the same time to me. I don't know. They're a they're a weird team, and it's just so disappointing, man. Just the way they've played this whole tournament. I'll go next with this one, um, and I'm gonna break my own rule. I'm gonna pick a team. I have two teams actually. My first one's only played two games, but a team that's been dreadful to watch so far, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one we had as a potential dark horse. Even I did. Um, man, they've sucked. They have that you know attacking trio of Nunez, Cavani, Suarez. I think they've got six shots on target. They only have like 1.8 expected goals in their first two games. The defense hasn't been bad, but the, now they're going to fight on the last day, and they're probably not going to get anything out of it. They've a really, really disappointing showing from Uruguay. And then one that's not been as bad in terms of Belgium or Uruguay, um, but Mexico as well. This World Mm -hmm. Cup has to go down as a big L for them. Obviously sacking Tata last night. I think it's their first World Cup in eight that they go out in the group stages as well. Um, So it's just a tragic kind of two-year spell for Mexico where they've absolutely fallen down the spectrum of world football. Two, I have two comments before Mitch goes just on your your two things there. One, so you could say it's L tree. Eh? <laughs> eh? Thanks. I'll be here all week. Anyway, second thing, I think Uruguay have been a, like, a tad unlucky in their games. It would work three times, and despite their offense being kind of meh and their defense just being the Uruguayan defense, I think their midfield has been really, really, really exciting to watch. Uh, I, I think Benson core has been one of the best players of the tournament just to date, you know, at the moment, been one of the better midfielders in the tournament. And I think Valverde as well has been really, really, really good for Uruguay. I think the finishing has let them down, which is why I agree with you. They've been a little disappointing, but I do think that midfield that they have is a bit of very bright spot. I think if they played that four, four, two, that they like switched into yeah. in the second half of the gap, the most recent game they played, uh, the who they played is escaping me. But I think if they played that for the full 90, they would have won that game for sure mitch do you have a team that's underwhelming i do and um it might be a little surprising or or may come off as harsh but uh i'm gonna also stick in group f and and say canada i um i expected a little bit more out of that side um albeit their first world cup appearance uh i was impressed with how alfonso davies handled himself throughout their their spell um but letting in seven goals um, isn't helping. Um, The system that they had was confusing. 
it, it seemed like as soon as they felt any sort of pressure on the back foot that they'd, they'd really sell out and, and go in this ultra attack um throwing alfonso davies up top and then just poor finishing from from the likes of david um Tejan buchanan looked uh promising in the midfield for them uh but disappointing uh at the back for sure from from canada especially from the captain spot making a huge mistake in goal um today to to really see them uh yeah. see them home I would very much agree with that. A team that after winning CONCACAF, a lot of people had as a, a team that could shock a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, like you said, Mitch, not winning a game, conceding seven, they were not particularly good at this World Cup. And, um, you know, see you next year or see you in four years. Very maybe. promising young team. I feel like I feel like they're just like four years behind where the U.S. was. You know, it, it seems like they have good, young, strong talent, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, cohesiveness with the the veteran leadership to to see them through. I think there was just kind of like a, a generational or a system a systemic gap there. They'll, they'll, yeah, I think they worked that out. I, I think they found their level in Concacaf. I don't. I I think it's an experience thing. Ultimately, yeah. I don't think that a lot of those guys could get up for the moment. Just you know, like you said, first World Cup. It's it's tough for them. Um, and then it's just you know like you're looking at the u.s side for example they like know the pressure that's on them and they have stepped up to that pressure and a lot of guys play in europe start in europe are kind of used to these bigger moments um so it's just kind of like you know, i i agree with you i think they are like you know about a cycle behind the u.s and they'll be there again next world cup in 2026 i i would agree with that as well in terms of individual players any uh young guys or guys that have been a surprise for you that you guys have really liked in this tournament i know I'll, say, I'll throw it right back to Mitch because I know Mitch has one. Oh, I do too. Mitch, you can go. You can go. We're going to probably be agreeing on this person and I could sing their praises all day, but go. Say his name. Tyler fucking Adams. Tyler Adams. I'd die for him. I'd take a fucking hole for Tyler. I, told, I, I was throwing you the alley-oop on that, Mitch, because we talked about this guy the other day and it wasn't Tyler Adams. No, Tyler Adams has been exciting. Who Who are you thinking? Cody Gakpo. Oh, Cody Gakpo, yeah, no. Also, my shout for for the Golden Boot Boy. Um, yeah, he he is he has been very exciting and very fun to watch. I my 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 mind was with that like entire Ecuadorian team. Um, saying, <laughs> Just like, said, which one? Which one? Which one? Plata, Valencia. <laughs> they were very 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 exciting to watch. Unfortunate um, where they got placed. Um, just losing out uh, to, to Senegal and, and going home early. But that Ecuadorian side was really, really fun. Cody Gakpo has been phenomenal. Um, and and I'll let you guys say some names now because I'm just excited about I want to talk about the U.S. for a second real quick. Uh, Let's go. Tyler Adams has been the best midfielder at the World Cup uh, in the group stage. Bar none, there's not been a midfielder better than Tyler Adams in the, in the, in the World Cup. I'll die on that hill. He's been exceptional every single time. There was an attack from Iran, from Wales, from England. You think that they're either through on goal or creating a good chance. They're breaking into the midfield. And then there's this little blue dot or this little white dot that just flies onto the screen and breaks up the breaks up the play. Tyler Adams has been everywhere this World Cup. I think he has been so, so good. You, he put on that captain's armband. He said, I am here. I am ready to play. I know what's expected of me. I know what my level is. And this is the guy who, when he was playing in – Leipzig years ago I read to do a soccer blog at Huston University and I put Tyler Adams as my number one player to watch for the U.S. upcoming and he is showing it now I am 
so happy to see Tyler Raddus balling out at this World Cup, uh, singing my praises for the man. Like I said, I would take a bullet for Tyler Adams, and I would get in a bar fight for Eunice Musa because he has been equally impressive. He th- that uh, that midfield, our midfield, the three, it's it's like Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets. It is just chef kiss, chef kiss. We have been electric. I love this U.S. midfield right now. I am talking like Alexi Lawless, and I don't. <laughs> I could not be happier with this side. I'm, I love our <laughs> Josh, your turn. They're killers. We'll get back to the U.S. men's national team, too, here in a, a minute or two. I have two guys uh, that have been nice surprises. First one, Enzo Fernandez, Argentina. Uh, yep. He's going to have a big price tag in the winter, I, I would think. Um, he came on and scored that second goal against Mexico, that nice little curler. He's a really, really exciting talent, versatile player, can do a lot of things. And then my other one's uh, Gavardial, Croatia. He's came oh, in yeah. defense and shored that up. Wow, did he play good today as well? That um, slide tackle at the end of the game. Yeah, he's a beast. Phenomenal. He, he is going to have a big price tag to his name as well. Whether he, I think he's going to go to the Prem. You know, Liverpool's been floated around. Chelsea. Um, Chelsea were after him last summer, though. No? What was that? Chelsea were after him last summer, no? Chelsea were really close to signing him last summer. So I think there's going to be some big clubs flirting flirting around for him he's a proper defender and he i think he's going to be in the prem probably next year uh ode to bass but he our buddy bass in our group chat said first hundred million dollar defender and i couldn't agree more yeah so those are some young players i think that you know we've all agreed have have stood out in this world cup We'll, we'll switch gears now and get right into the u.s men's national team it's the first time again we've talked on air about the usa obviously you know the 1-1 1-1 draw against Wales, 0-0 against England, and then 1-0 against Iran. What are your guys, and I know we've kind of touched on this already, but your biggest takeaways of this USA team um, and the overall grade of how this group stage has gone? Okay. I have a lot to, maybe not a lot to say, but I've got some opinions. We have time. We have time. <laughs> so my first thought, and this is going to come, this might be the biggest shock of the podcast just to date. I don't hate Greg. Oh. I don't hate Greg. I didn't like his substitutions in uh, against Iran on the last day. I'll completely say that. And I don't like how he, he's keeping Gio Reyna out of the side. I don't know what the politics are about that. But apparently he's healthy and just not playing. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Outside of that, I think all of his team, all of his sheets, all of his starting 11s have been really, really solid. He's got guys playing where they should play and he's getting a good amount not the best he's getting a good amount out of this u.s side right now so greg is not off my shit list but he's moved up a little bit in terms of he's close to getting off is what i'm trying to say he's he's almost there he's I don't hate the guy yet he's no jurgen klinsman for me but i don't hate the guy would a, would a quarterfinal do it for you I think so. A quarterfinal and a fucking better do it. (laughs) A quarterfinal and a good showing against probably Argentina. And Greg has got he Greg has won my affections if he can do that for us. Um outside of that, I think defensively we've been incredible. I think our fullbacks have been the really bright spot of of the back four. I I mean I think our center backs have been good too. I think Tim Reed has been exceptional. That's that back for us, yeah. uh, which is why we're going to beat the Netherlands because our man bun is better. Um, but Serginho <laughs> Dest and Anthony Robinson at fullback have been 
exceptional. I don't need to talk about the midfield anymore. We know how I feel. Um, and our forwards have left a little bit to be desired, but they scored when they've needed to. Tim Way has been really, really energetic down the right. Pulisic has been really, really good. Um, I wish we had like settled on a striker. I think that's like the biggest omission in the team. I think if we had a guy like Pfock or Pepe in the side, we might be scoring a few more of these chances. But overall, I'm very happy with this U.S. side. I'm going to give us an 8.4. Matt, Matt Turner, too. You didn't mention Matt Turner. He's been ice cold in that, I, I think. Oh, yeah, he's been, he's been exceptional. Right, you know, left and right. A, a guy who was uh, number one on the sports center, not top 10 a few <laughs> years ago, considered quitting soccer, only started playing in high school, and that was the starting goalie in the World Cup. So crazy. hats off to Matt Turner. I love you. Thanks for being so good for the revolution and the last time we were a good team. <laughs> Fair show. <laughs> I uh, I see where you're coming from with the Greg stuff. I, I do think he has potential to kind of right some wrongs here. He's a little bit in the Southgate situation, though, of like, if you look at his tenure, uh, we won the CONCACAF Champions League or whatever it was, the Gold Cup, um, and now you're in the round of 16 at the World Cup with a chance to make a big upset. That's a really successful tenure, just like Southgate's at England, but he's frustrating as a manager. What I will say that Burhalter's improved on at this tournament is his um, pre-match planning, um, I think his tactics before the game, and pretty much his managerial skills up until about the 60th minute, I think have been spot on. His starting lineups have been really good, in my opinion, too. I thought I think uh, bringing Cameron Carter-Vickers into the side yep. was a super smart move in the last game, um, a big risk and one that paid off. But he's faltering in the in the final third for me. And in a game against that. the Netherlands, where it's probably, in my opinion, going to go the full 120 minutes, he's going to have to go into his back pocket and use some subs and be a little bit daring um, and make some risks. I, I don't like him bringing on Shaq Moore. Uh, Kellen Acosta, I'm a fan of, but he hasn't really done it at this World Cup. You have to start looking at other options, and I, I think that's where we go from here. But in terms of the, the group stage, I give it I give it an 8.5. I think it's just, it's hard to really do much better. Uh, if you fix that individual error against Wales, you leave the, the group on seven points. We ended up leaving on five with one goal conceded that was a penalty it's hard to really be that yeah no goals comment. from open play no yeah no goals from open play huge um yeah no i'll settle in and i'll uh, and i'll give him a flat eight and i and i think it is purely just because of all the the external drama um behind the geo situation uh the the and the lack of of kind of solidification up top it's it is frustrating when you see these beautiful balls streaking across the top of the box and there's nobody there to finish it or there's just like one missing link um to 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 shore up a rebound so i think if if we got a little bit of of geo that would be phenomenal i think everybody and their mother is asking for it at this point um i also kind of want to see a little bit more out of aronston uh, i don't think he's gotten enough um in the in the situations that he's been put in but i i love his hustle um i love i love his grittiness and and i think him and tyler link up well just because of their their club history together and the, the amount of time they play together um and i think that could be a, a little key to success in my opinion moving into a, a game with some pretty heavy hitters um in the netherlands 
loving grittiness and hustle is the most fucking American thing you could say about a player, and I love it. Fuck yeah. World Cup is a great time to be overtly American. Oh yeah, that trust me, I will be. We're not here anymore. I'm I'm on board, baby. I am bleeding red, white, and blue. Do we want to get right into USA Netherlands then? Or are we at that point in the podcast? Yeah, I think I think it's time to preview this bad boy. Josh, Mr. Logistics Man, we'll let you kick it off. Yeah. Uh it's a big one for the USA here, but I, I think there's upset potential. Um, again, the chips are kind of stacked against us. The Netherlands, I think, haven't lost a game since early 2021, 15-5-0. Uh, since that, we haven't beaten a European opponent since Portugal 0-2. Again, it, it's a big ask, but it's one we can do. The Netherlands were in a really weak group with Senegal. Uh, Sadio Mane lists Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar. Probably the weakest group in the field, in my opinion. And their offense really isn't firing. Gakpo scored three uh, on just an expected goal ratio of 0.3, which kind of shows a little bit of luck there on the Netherlands' part. Memphis Depay just played 65 minutes in the last game. He's just getting up to full strength, and he really doesn't scare me that much. Uh, He's not Harry Kane, that's for sure. (laughs) We already played that England offense and did really well handling them. The question about this game is how we break down that Netherlands back five, if we can do it. Three really strong center backs that both all me and Mitch and Pat are familiar with, Mm -hmm. um, Prem guys. It's going to be tough to break them down. And like I said, I think it's going to go the distance. I think we're going to have to bring on some subs. Obviously, I'm favoring the U.S. to advance here, though. Um, What a moment it would be if we could. Um, And... In comedy's sake, I do have three keys to the match, which I shared with you guys earlier. Um, My three keys to the match are, one, we win the color matchup. Red, white, and blue is way better than orange. I don't see us losing to a a team that wears orange. I think the Netherlands are still scared of Bobby Wood, so, I mean, they're going up against Pulisic. You know, we won that last tie in 2015, 4-3. Jassy Zardes, Bobby Wood, the legend Bobby Wood. Uh, but what are the Netherlands thinking about, you know, two days before the match? I mean, they're probably sweating in their boots. And then three, we have a guy whose balls are made of literal steel. Uh, it's tough to beat an American with balls of steel. Those are the three keys to the game, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see if the U.S. can do anything with it. I got a fourth key, and it's my wild card. I'm saying Serginho Dest is going to be the most important on the pitch. He's a sleeper cell. Sleeper cell. Um, I think he's going to have a a big ask shutting down um, Gakpo on the left side. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's going to need to help Tyler shut down Frankie de Jong, who's been a very solid midfielder this World Cup cycle so far. They're playing a lot of their offense through him. Um, that that back right side of our uh, our defensive line is going to need to show up for sure. I think. Patrick. Yeah, I mean, we I, – I think Josh hit the nail on the head. We win the color matchup. They're scared of a guy who plays for the New England Revolution now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, we we can do it. I, I really think the U.S. can do it. I We – in, a in like, a more serious, like, footballing conversation, 
I think as good as the Netherlands have been in the group stage, they've con- they've shown they they leak goals, they've conceded goals. They're not they're good, but they get scored on. They've been scored on. Qatar scored a goal on them, yeah. right? Am I tripping? Yeah. yeah, Qatar scored a goal on them, and Qatar were dog shit, right? I know I had them going through. I was fucking wrong. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> we this they're not impenetrable. They have three really strong center backs. They 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 can get caught out on the counter. Their midfield isn't. You know, it's it's not the midfield that got to the World Cup final in 2010. You know what I mean? It's not that Netherlands. They're they're a really strong side. They have a lot of really good players. And I'm not saying that the US is gonna go out and fucking mollywop them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put my 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 myself on the line here. USA one nil in 90 minutes. Wow. I that's a bold call and I like it. I like it. Uh how how much of a factor do you think the the right hand side of our offense plays in this match. We have Dest on the right and probably Aronson or, or Wea maybe. Um, I imagine it'll be it'll be Wea going up against Daily Blind. I have to say that's probably the weakest part of this Netherlands team is him at left back. Yeah, I mean, I I think if the U.S. could take advantage of that and really expose the fact that Daily Blind doesn't really have a ton of speed in his legs and he he's a good defender. Don't get me wrong, he's a seasoned veteran pro uh he's an ex-united player so fuck him but he's a veteran <laughs> for sure um i think we've seen a lot of success from the u.s standpoint down our right in every single game i think Dest combining with way or whoever drifts out onto the right side has been really really good our goal came from Sergio Dest, you know mm-hmm. making one of those underlapping runs into the box knocking a ball across for pulisic to score on i think the right side of our offense is arguably going to be the most important part of the pitch that being said I think Anthony Robinson has put in a lot, a lot of really good balls. I think he's been a workhorse down the U.S. left. I, I think that if we win the battle anywhere, we're going to win it on the wings. I think I, I like our wingers into their fullbacks for the most part, and I, I really like our fullbacks. I think our fullbacks are better than their fullbacks. I'll, I'm just yeah. going to put it into the ether. I really do think they are. So I think we can definitely win the match there. Um, it's a matter of will there ever be an opportunity where player X has somehow drifted in between Van Dyke and Ake and can find open space? It's going to be few and far between, but can the U S take their chances? Cause they're going to get a couple, they will make chances. It won't be a game where the Netherlands, you know, play this, like they don't, they don't play that style of ball. We'll get our opportunities. It's can we take them? And can we can we maintain the intensity that we've maintained these past couple of games? Because if the U.S. play like they played against England for a full 90 minutes, we can win this game. There's no doubt in my mind we can win this game. I, I do also think that if we get a lead, Greg can't play scared. If we play scared, we're going to lose the game. And that's what lost us the game against Wales. That's what put all that pressure on us against Iran. I think we can't play scared because that's what they want us to do because they will come back into the game. And then we won't be able to get out from under it once we're under the pressure and we've conceded one after already being 1-0 up. Yeah, which is what the England game was. We didn't play scared that full 90 minutes. Uh, England wanted the whistle to blow at full time. That's how we need to attack the Netherlands, uh, like Pat said. That game against Iran, if that's any other team, you know, we'd probably equalize, and, and we and we drop out of the, the World Cup. So that's really important. The other area of the pitch I'm really kind of looking for, it, the midfield battle is going to be fascinating in this one. Frankie de Jong on the other side. Netherlands have some really good talents in the middle. That's going to be a good... De Jong needs Tyler Adams' boots. <laughs> I love that. It's going to be a fun one to watch, though. Um, 
probably one of the more evenly matched um, games in this one, or in the knockout stages. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I'm, I'm excited to see Weston McKinney after a few games. It feels like he's finally getting back to pace. If we can if we can get the Weston McKinney that we were getting that was balling out in the Gold Cup, I, I'm going to feel really, really good. That weighted ball to Dest. Incredible. If we can get that, he, he looks like he's finally finding his feet, getting back into his stride, getting into the rhythm of things. So if this is the, the game for McKinney to say, yeah, I'm back, then we've got it. Like I said, I'm saying 1-0 USA in 90 minutes. Well, you heard it here first on the Main Stand Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16. Any final thoughts, guys? Kirsten Pulisic has a cock made of steel. Cock made of steel. Let's fucking go. I'm so excited to hear some positivity come out of Pat's mouth about the U.S. men's national team. You know, I had to be the bright spot, which is weird because it's usually the other way around. I'm usually the pessimist, but I've been riding with my boys from the U.S., and it has been such a fun World Cup so far. Yep. Up the States, up Japan, up the Morocco. Meet us at Gertie McDuff's for the official watch party. Uh, hmm. That's where everyone's going to be. It's, it's the place to be. We're going to be doing some content, some reactions. You'll you'll hear from us on social media. and We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be there all day too for what it's worth at least i will i'm gonna watch the argentina australia game after the u.s game so I'll, I'll be there for a majority of the day probably don't talk to me after the u.s game regardless of the results i'm either gonna be sloshed or sloshed just either gonna be happy or sad sloshed so <laughs> probably see us at the bar either way <laughs> uh you'll you'll hear from us next week though hopefully happy reactions um but keep up with the socials like and subscribe to the the youtube share the video share it with your friends all that good stuff we'll see you next week deuces peace